Hello and welcome to the Loud Women Radio Show. I am Nairi Ruth and I'll be your host for the next two hours here on Louder Than War Radio. We have a brilliant show lined up for you today. As ever, we'll be playing the very best new music by female artists from around the world. We'll be joined later by Lexi and Jen from the Frankies. And we also have a brilliant panel from Team Loud Women to guide you through it all. Speaking of which, here's Kirsten. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to talk to the Franklies today. Um, I am in love with them. So um, this is going to be a really good show for me. Um, also here is Madeline. Hi. Hello. How's everybody doing? I cannot wait for this episode and a little happy belated International Women's Day. Yes. yes. Have you all had a good International Women's Week? Indeed. It's always International Women's just year, really. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And this is why um, our uh, leader is um, busy today because it's um, been a very busy week. So we have our musicians... Cassie and um, Charlie Stone are absolutely exhausted. And so we're giving them a well-deserved break. So let's get cracking with some new music then, shall we? Here's the Loud Women Mega Mix. Loud Women!
all the time. Maybe she give me a try. Is she straight? Is she fine? She's got pictures. Kissing guys. Think about her all the time. Maybe she'll give me a try. Is she straight? Is she fine? She's got pictures. Kissing guys. Think about her all the time. Maybe she give me a try. Is she straight?
You're listening to the Loud Women Radio Show on Louder Than More Radio. And that was our Loud Women Mega Mix for the week. You've been listening to Tequila by Los Bichos, Straight Girl Crush by Pink Squeeze, Tallulah by Mother Said, P22 by Reckling, Ovary Speak by Meg Myers, and Get My Mind Off by Dear. Mantrona. Question of the week. Time for the question of the week, which this week is all women bands. Are they a blessing or a curse? Of course, here at Loud Women, we're fierce advocates for all women bands. There's lots to be said for women coming together with their sisters to create music born of the female experience. And it's especially empowering, one might argue, when women do this in spaces that have traditionally been dominated by male musicians, as the worlds of rock, punk and alternative music have been for so long. On that note, cultural assumptions that revolve around those old stereotypes may be avoided, such as the promoter or venue owner deferring to the male or men in the band, engineers, 
and stagehands assuming you know nothing about the technology. Exclusion through banter and attitudes in a studio environment. The journalist gushing in a gendered language about the female singer in the band or talking about musical dexterity and drive as if it's a rare thing. Privacy in dressing rooms and the back of transit vans on tour, lending each other sanitary products in an emergency. But in creating a single gender band, there can be difficulties. For some, being given the label of a girl group can mean they are perhaps not taken seriously as musicians. They can be judged by their appearance and by their offstage behaviour. They're perhaps stereotyped as catty or diva or pitched against each other as competing with other female bands. Some may argue that gender segregation just adds to the problems of gender imbalance in the music industry and the bands that are more evenly mixed provide a better way of representing humanity. What do you think, Kirsten? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Sort of describing or like fixating on gender in a in this sort of setting because it it can be quite reductionist in that it's like well you're you're just kind of defining this this band and the music that they make by this sort of arbitrary identity thing um rather than what it what it is they're doing but you kind of can't deny the impact that gender has and like yeah it's interesting you were saying there about the sort of media portrayals and there is I mean I haven't done research on this it's completely anecdotal but it does any news articles that I do see about like all female groups it is it's much more like gossip and drama focused than it is on like sort of male counterparts or like mixed groups there seems to be a lot of yeah like you said like a real drive to kind of put a wedge between band members and like make that the kind of um, I don't know, make it like this sort of interpersonal drama rather than about like what the music is and like what the band's actually doing. Also, some of what you were saying has just triggered a memory of when um, I was like moving into um, my second year uni house and talking talking to my mum about kind of like who was who you're going to live with and her being so relieved that there were some guys in the house she's like it just provides that kind of element of safety and like it means that you don't get this catty dynamic so it's kind of I don't know weirdly I don't know if it is just this kind of societal group thing that it just kind of then gets transposed onto the music industry as well what about for the actual day-to-day reality of women in bands do you think it's a blessing or a there or a curse Kirsten I mean, for me, I, I I just think it must so depend on the band and your, I can't, I don't, I don't know if it's productive to make sweeping statements about it because it must, it just so depends on the, on the individuals and the relationships between those individuals. I can definitely, I can definitely see the benefits for sort of menstrual sympathy, um, which I'm sorry guys, but you don't get it. Um, so it's, yeah, I think there's, I can, I can, I can see this. I think there's pros and cons, but I think it ultimately depends on the individuals and the relationships. Let me put my hippie hat on and say, <laughs> menstruation is a wonderful thing, my darlings, and isn't necessarily a bad thing. But also, you're very right. It's difficult for us to say because 
if we did, we'd be assuming that all women are the same and that women all want the same. So a really good point. Over to you, lovely Madeline. I agree with literally everything that's been said, but I think especially how the media tends to portray it is like they they want women to fail at the end of the day. Oh, they're catty. These groups are going to split up because of that. I think that for me, I've always been looking for my sisterhood, my community, my girls. Like all I listen to is girl bands, really. Um, so to me, it's a complete blessing and it's just refreshing and nice to see these women doing what you know I aspire to do and just be powerful and show the, especially rock, I would say, you know, screw them. We're going to yeah. do better. But of course, it's true. They're completely dismissed the majority of the time, especially when touring. It's just awful. So I think uh, it's always been the thing, but you can't equate the gender of anyone in a band to their music. It just isn't the same. You have to be able yeah. to separate that. But in terms of friendship and um the realities of being squashed into a transit van with each other, it might be better to be with uh, all women. Uh, and also, who cares if people split up and do something different? Because in actual fact, that idea of joining a band and the fans becoming part of the family and then going all the way up to that top in that nice erectile fashion is very traditional male. Um, and can you think, if you think of like the Rolling Stones, some of their pictures for promotional um, adverts for shows, they're all hugging each other like they're the best of friends and they've just got out of college together and it's false. So in a way, Women bands are here to keep it real. On that note, I would add to the panel that in my role of music journalist, I was always looking for a new narrative of traditional song themes to champion. So an all-girl or woman band was a big clue that I might find, find another group for my tribe. Um, for example, I first saw our loud women, Charlie Stone, in an all-girl band called Toxic Shock Syndrome before I'd heard the tape. Yes, it was a tape. It was all sparkly and shiny um, with little glitter on it and everything. Um, I knew this was going to be an all-girl affair, so it was worth me going, and it thrilled me. In fact, I think I went on the stage with them once, and they had me stab a baby doll or was that frantic frantic spiders their next band um, but my god what they have brought to the underground music scene all of those women is you know i'm so glad i i picked up that tape was quite attracted to the sparkly stuff on it right enough about us let's have some more music from a band that isn't all women this is Dark Side by Delta D. Love as a dark side can take you to a place where you shouldn't go. Love as a dark side. Can get you to do things that you shouldn't do Love 
You've been listening to Climbing Up the Walls by the Anchoress. And a reminder, the first song was Dark Side by Delta D. You're listening to the Loud Women Show on Louder Than More Radio. And now I wonder what Kirsten has to say about any gigs this week. Kirsten. Well, we've got quite a busy week gigs actually um so on tuesday the 14th of march in bedford we have lander hecht uh, performing at esquires on wednesday the 15th we have in brighton sorry, we have the new eves at the green door store on 16th in london we have a loud women gig the frankly's farewell show also, Hussey and Ms. Mohammed, and that's at the Lexington. And yeah, I'm definitely going to that one. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> also on the 16th in Exeter, uh, we have Lander Hecht at the Cavern. And on Friday the 17th in Bristol, we have uh, Miskatech and uh, Lady Friends, a period drama, uh, partnering at the Loco Club. And so that's a theatre event and then an after party, which includes uh, TFNE, a diva, the Jellyfish Project, Spicy Ivy and DJ Annie. And also on the 17th in London, uh, we have DJ My Mate Kate at the House of St. Barnabas. On Saturday, the 18th uh, in Canterbury, we have Helen McCookery Book at the Annex. Uh, friend of loud women and also on the 18th in london we have under the radar with uh, the event that hosts all women lineups um up and coming and uh, experience is back uh so well worth checking out also on the 18th busy day um in worthing we have the vulva underground dj collective at the seller arts club so yeah it's a busy and very interesting week loud women Me the 
It's too late now to cast off the rope The knot is bound Tied fast to a terrible timeline Sanity has drowned But I'm still living on coffee and hope They keep me sane They stop me dwelling too long on what's pouring Dried up her head, or shriveled her eyes and shrink into dust. Behind me, bridges have burned away. Fire and water, passion and reason, love, respect and trust. All sense of order has gone astray And all around me is insanity All that we need is tranquility be a nightmare that I can wake up from? Could it be a dream? Will I wake up trapped in a painting of a Nordic scream? Oh, I'm still living on coffee and hope day by day. Though it seems the sunrise mornings are drifting far away Cause all around me is insanity And all that we need is tranquility And all around me is insanity Stricken people, pestilence and plague override humanity. Nature has its ways. Flames in Australia, melting ice caps, international failure, global collapse. Yeah, that. You're listening to the Loud Women Show on Louder Than War Radio. And you just heard Voice by Epona, Gay Space Cadets by Lond Hecht, and Coffee and Hope by the fabulous Helen McCookery Book, who I believe has a gig on Saturday the 18th of March in Canterbury at the Annex. Uh, fab original singer-songwriter and friend of loud women. 
Okay, so now it's time for our Loud Women of the Week. Kirsten, who is our Loud Woman of the Week? Our Loud Woman of the Week is Karen Carpenter. Yay! (laughs) So she's best known as the drummer, singer, and sometimes bassist of the Carpenters. Um, She self-described as a drummer who sang, which I quite like. and um, yeah, she, it's it's very clear reading about her that she was an insanely determined person. Um, like once she'd set her mind to something, she was going to do it. Like she decided to be a drummer. She put the work in every day, became an amazing drummer. Um, decided to branch into singing because that was needed for the band put it again, put in an insane amount of hard work and became an amazing singer. And all of this at quite a young age as well. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's interesting because even in her, um, I'm, kind of, I'm really focusing in on the, on the work ethic here because I think there's, it's quite easy to sort of point at insanely successful, I mean, not just musicians, but, you know, musicians are definitely in that space and where you kind of point at successful people and go, oh, you know, it's all right to be them, isn't it? And all of the hard work to get there kind of gets obfuscated by, you know, their the lifestyle that people project on them and like what seems to be this amazing time that they're having. Um, so I think it's really important as a reminder that um, what goes into that level of success is often a lot of really hard work, um, and particularly at that level, and to be that skilled as a, as a musician. Um, and she's sadly a life cut short um but you know the legacy of her death is also quite important because particularly at the time it drew attention to um anorexia nervosa which was quite an unknown condition at the time and the sort of um posthumous foundation set up by her family the karen a carpenter memorial foundation um has raised loads of money um over the ensuing decades for uh, not just anorexia nervosa but lots of eating conditions which is something that I still think gets quite um I don't know sort of stereotyped and sidelined to an extent in in sort of in discussions of of mental health so that's I think as well as the music I also think that is a, a sad but also quite good legacy to have as well Interestingly, um, we have um, Lucy O'Brien on the Loud Women Show on the 19th of March, and she has just written and published the book Lead Singer, the story of Karen Carpenter. And I'm reading it at the moment, and I have to add, she was actually dragged away from the drum kit. Um, She... You know, it was this whole idea of putting putting the woman up the front. Um, and there was a comment in the book about her looking like a college kid behind the drums. They wanted somebody a bit more meaty. And uh, another thing I wanted to add, bearing in mind our question of the week, that it seems one of her early bands was an all-girl group. And it was a definite choice to keep it all-girls only. Apparently, what happened was one of the mothers wouldn't let one of the band members go to their first booking. And so, in frustration, they broke up the band. So, who knows what might have happened? 
I think now we're going to listen to uh, a classic Carpenter track. This is Superstar. You're listening to The Loud Women Show on Louder Than War Radio. And you just heard The Carpenters with Superstar. Oh, 
I think I just heard someone at the door. While we're finding out who it is, here's a track from the Frankly's new album, Before You Hit The Ground. just heard the Franklies of their new album Dogma before you hit the ground. Oh, it seems that who was at the door was Lex and Lex and Jen from the Franklies. So let's just give you a little intro if you don't know already. The Franklies played at the very first Loud Women Fest 
back in 2016. And we've kept them close to our hearts since then and close to our team because bassist Zoe Briggs Biggs, frequently writes for our site. At the start of this year, they were a LW single of the week with Blind Loyalty that features on Dogma, given high praise by our Loud Women Reviews team and described by the band as an energetic, powerful journey from garage rock to surf to psychedelia and back again. Yummy. So, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the Loud Women Studio, women. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Hi. We're great. How are you? We're good. Yeah. Have you had a good week or International Women's Week? Yeah. It's been good. We were practicing the other day ahead of the, the show we're playing for Loud Women. Yes, we mentioned so that. that. <laughs> uh, how does it feel having your second record out there? Oh, it feels good. It's the first record that I've played on um, as well and recorded on. So it especially feels good for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was a challenge to get there um, through Is the pandemic. Is it true that you were making it since uh, you started in January 2020? Yes. <laughs> Tell us yeah. about that. Well, yeah, we started writing. We came back off tour, Gem, was it February? I think we, we even recorded the first song in, I think, either end of, of 2019 or beginning of 2020. Then we went on tour. And when we came back, basically, the pandemic started. So we had to just <laughs> lock ourselves in for the next six months. And that's when we wrote the rest of the album, basically. So what about the writing process? How do you go about that as a band? Is there a particular songwriter or uh, do you share ideas? I think we share quite a lot. I think um, anyone can come up with anything. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just a matter of jamming and Lex might come up with a, with a beat or Fanny comes up with a guitar thing and we just build on it basically. Or sometimes, I mean, what happened in the pandemic was that we just had to come up with stuff in our bedrooms and we were just sending demos to each other and that's kind of how the and we just added things everyone added their bits and that's that how. was a new experience for a lot of musicians did you find that having that focus the album really helped you through the lockdown and having each other to talk to I think it did yeah but to start with I think we kind of went into meltdown mode a bit um because we didn't know what to do and we'd just come back off tour with no foreseeable tours ahead. And yeah, we, we didn't we really didn't know what to do. So it, it we didn't start writing straight away, even though we had one song recorded already. We sort of left it a couple of months, I think, mm -hmm. realized things weren't changing. And then that's when we started sending terrible recorded demos to each other uh via email and um yeah started writing that way but also after a tour it is a meltdown a meltdown is required is it not like lockdown or no <laughs> there's the blues well, the blues that kicks in yeah. have you got any stories to tell us about the tour tell we me what was on your that. rider <laughs> oh always wine always wine. red or white yeah. 
white. white. Yeah. Pinot um, Grigio we... or uh, what's the other one? Sauvignon Cabernet. Blanc. Oh, Sauvignon Blanc. That's it. Yeah. Um, but when we went to Germany, we had a lot of Riesling wine, which was lovely. But yeah, we were always treated very, very well. We were always topped up with wine. And actually, on that particular tour, we had a lot of home cooked kind of meals um, where all the venues sort of I don't, would make a lovely kind of pasta dish or uh, some kind of stew. It was really You're talking nice, independent promoters, aren't you? The salt of the earth sometimes. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have any of that usual stuff about the sound engineer thinking you knew nothing <laughs> because you were women or people wanting to help you with the equipment because, you know, you're poor little women or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, not on that particular tour. I don't think we've had it for a while, but no. we've certainly we've certainly had that. Um, I think it's been more in the UK than than Germany. Yeah, I agree. I Are you like hearing this, UK? Pull <laughs> yeah. your socks up, please. Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt insulted in that kind of way in whenever we've been touring um, the rest of Europe. To be I honest, the language. Maybe it's maybe. the language barrier. <laughs> maybe we don't know. That's yeah. interesting. Maybe it's the language barrier. <laughs> On that note, two of the bands are Swedish and two are English. Are there any Swedish influences that have manifested in dogma? I've always, like, growing up, I was I was very into a band called Banda Diao. And they were they were basically my favourite band throughout my, my teenage years. And I think I've always been inspired by them in some way or the other. Um, but, I mean, I listen to everything. I listen to a lot of Swedish punk. There's an old Swedish punk band called Ebba Gram that I've always adored. Oh, say that name again. It sounded wonderful. <laughs> Ebba Gram. Ebba Gram. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely Swedish influences. What about English influences? What rock bands do you like or were influenced by? Oh, I think it's for for everyone. It's very very different. Fanny is a big fan of eighties, <laughs> like eighties. She just loves it. She loves a power ballad. I can um, hear that. <laughs> she absolutely loves a power yeah. ballad. So. And don't get me wrong, I do too, but I don't. I can't say that it's really an influence of mine when, when writing drums. So on that note, what are the themes, um, or are there any themes in Dogma that sort of repeat themselves? You know, like um, all positive and negative emotions aren't independent of each other, or life's a bitch, or you're a bitch, or anything <laughs> like that. I think we write just whatever comes I mean when it comes to lyrics for, for example I write whatever is happening around me or whatever people I'm meeting or anything like that so it can be you know anything there was for example blind loyalty is about blind loyalty which was something I read in a magazine and it was just you know they, there were some people who were just following this group or cult or something and and I started just thinking about that and how people are influenced by stuff that they can't 
quite controlled. And sometimes it's not even the the heaviest song, the angriest song that's about the angriest thing. Like sometimes we can write a love song and that's the angriest song on the record. <laughs> so <laughs> keeping it real, keeping yeah. it real. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier, actually. Um, just going back to the um to the album, um, you've recently made some music videos. Any stories about them or any fun stories about the recording <laughs> of your recent music videos? I can see little yeah. grins there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of our partners came and helped us out um, as the ghost in Blind Loyalty. And that was very, very funny because we had to put a sheet over his head <laughs> and he had to run through the forest with without without seeing basically um and that was very very funny because there are a lot of dog walkers around and people are like what <laughs> is going and possibly on dog poo <laughs> and possibly dog poo <laughs> so um with the album tracks um what's your favorite kirsten i think for me it was terrorizer um yay <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like that one. I've been, been doing a bit of a retrospective on the Me Too movement. And then I was sort of lis like listening to that when it came out. I was like, oh my God, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> so there's a bit of that in it as well. But that one really kind of leapt out and grabbed me and didn't let go. What about you, Madeline? Have you got a fave? Yeah, the whole record is amazing. But, you know, Mess is a great one. Oh, that's Yay. my one. <laughs> um, do you two have favourites at all of the album? Um, well, my favourite is uh, Your Imagination. That's definitely my favourite. I think it's just because uh, I enjoy playing that one the most. Yeah, we played it the other day and we were all like, eh, it's the best. Buzzing, yeah. It's one of those. So yeah. really the live experience and actually playing is a big part of the Frankies. Do you have any top tips for our um, Loud Women bands with regard Ooh. to how you approach live shows? Preparation, yes. attitude, organization, anything that any advice that you could give us would be gratefully received. <laughs> Always be kind to the sound person. <laughs> That's the number one rule there. Don't piss them off. Or they um, will piss you off. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is this um, from experience? Oh, yes. And yeah, I think the other one would be always be grateful for whoever shows up really like even if it's not a sellout show you know the every single person who is there is so important they've come out they're supporting live music and it's not necessarily just about your band either it could be a, a you know they've come out for whoever on the rock on the lineup and they're staying to watch your band so be be humble and don't take it for advantage and don't watch, piss off the sound person <laughs> watch the support bands Watch yes, support I was just going to add that. It's really important to watch the support Absolutely. bands, all the bands, to be up there up the front. Yeah, That's your community, isn't it? Mm. For sure. And, I mean, we've discovered some amazing support bands like that, you know, we're friends with or that we go and watch. You did recommend to us a bit of music. Uh, would you like to intro the, the song that you've recommended? Yeah, sure. We have picked The Expert uh, by Berries, who are good friends of ours. Love women!
was the berries singing the expert a top tip by the franklies who met them um as a support act and have remained friends and that again was another top tip watch all the bands and make friends so moving on i'd like to ask you animals who is that dog on the album front cover it's mine Oh, uh, tell Jen. us what's his name. Why is it so cute? 
His name's Jethro, like Jethro Toll. And uh, <laughs> he loves to run on the beach and catch balls. And uh, my partner man managed to catch that moment. And we were like, it's an album cover. Yeah, it really is. So <laughs> my next question is, what would you say is your biggest achievement so far as the Franklies? So we were talking about this earlier, and I think our biggest achievement is purely, it's a collective of things. We've done everything we've done. We've been unsigned. We're still unsigned. Um, we've had no backing or, you know, from, from a label or anything, and we've still managed to go out there do headline tours, get BBC Six radio play and play, you know, some big festivals. And yeah, no, we've, we've, um, we've done a lot. And I think the greatest achievement is, yeah, doing it ourselves, unsigned and um, yeah. remaining friends the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is something that we wanted to ask you, actually, your experience of being self-released self-released you've kind of answered it already but um i was thinking that it was probably a political choice and um i really love the way that you can see the link which says buy the album of the franklies directly i love that yeah. and um, great <laughs> website and also on Bandcamp. so you know i think that's really good because if you haven't got the money you can you can buy your favorite track and then you can go back and and buy the download um what i like is possibly because of your quality of rock your fans are more the people that are into owning the music as opposed to having access to it Absolutely. i think so yeah i think so that's why we wanted to um press to orange vinyl and I know, obviously, it's not about the colour um, vinyl, it but it looks, it, it, it kind of is, because it looks so cool. And it's a, a, a nice collector's item. So, um, yeah, that's why we decided to press the, or, the orange. Is it only available in orange, or is that a it limited? Is. No, oh, it's I love only that. available in orange, yeah. Normally, yeah. there's that indie thing of limited edition in a colour. I love the fact that you stuck to that. And I have to point out that Jen is actually wearing orange today. <laughs> so um, earlier on, we were discussing our question of the week. Um, all girl or all women bands, a blessing or a curse. One of the comments we discussed was this idea of gender descriptors, like all women rock combo. Uh, so, which, you know, can be something that's very annoying for the actual musicians. So with regard to all women bands, is it a blessing or a curse? We've been discussing this as well today. And um, I mean, it's a blessing for us because we, we love it. We love being in an all-female band and we love other female bands. I mean, there's this, um, I think that's the thing we don't understand why it is about gender at the end of the day we should all just be banned but we enjoy the fun of it and you know and like I wouldn't have it any other way playing with with Lex and Zoe and and Fanny it's just been you know an absolute blessing but Over yeah I think you, Lexi yeah no I think um at the same time 
it it really is uh, a bit of a curse. So we're gonna say it's a bit of both. Um, one, because this question is still being asked, it, it's still relevant um, and I wish it wasn't. Uh, I've had so many, just being a musician over however many years, I've had so many comments like, oh, you're good for a girl band or something oh. like that. And you're, and you're just like, oh my God, like <laughs> good for a girl band or good for a band? Um, no, good for a girl band. Uh, do you know what, it, it, it's an insult. There's not a lot of positive connotations that that comes from being in a, in a girl band. That's just my opinion. I think it's a blessing and a curse, sorry, to be on the fence there. No, I think <laughs> you're right. We just go the either or for a debate. <laughs> I think that I think the curse of it as well is, I mean, you can see from the major labels, I mean, how many all-female bands do we know that are headlining festivals or selling or you know having millions of streams like nova twins for example of just you know really getting up there and are really doing so well and it's it's so refreshing but it shouldn't be refreshing it should just be we should all just be bands we should all just be doing what we love and people should just you know believe in you and and think that you can do it just as well as anyone else it's it shouldn't be about your gender it should just be about the music, music. yeah and I feel yeah, that's 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 something Lex and I was discussing as well like growing up listening to music it was never about what gender the person who was singing the song had it was like that wasn't even like part of your like you didn't even think about it you were just you went with the music that you enjoyed it had nothing to do with gender and I think that's what the major labels and the people that you know the higher people need to realize is that it's about the music that people make not about between yeah, the legs we or whatever were, we were talking about this last week and i had to admit that in my heyday as a mainstream music journalist i used the word uh women bands or girl bands or female bands because i wanted to normalize women in bands exactly um, so, but, uh, you know, sadly, it wasn't till the mid 2000s, I started to see so many women on the tubes with guitars on their backs, that I burst into tears. <laughs> One day I saw so many on the tube, I just had to get out and cry. It was absolute <laughs> relief and joy, yeah. uh, which is why I ended up coming back to London. So on that note, tell us a bit about your musical backgrounds, the instruments that you played, uh, the access to instruments that you've had. I was inspired when I was very, very young um, by, I can't believe I'm saying this on radio, Hanson. <laughs> um, and I wanted to be uh, Zach, the, the drummer. I just wanted to be him. And I wanted to play drums and I just thought he was so cool. And I think we were, I can't remember how old he was, maybe seven, something like crazy, <laughs> crazy. He should not have been playing in a band at that, that age. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, that's what inspired me. And then I didn't stop asking for a drum kit every single Christmas, birthday and any occasion <laughs> um, for the next can't remember how long it took it took my mum a good 
six or seven years to take me seriously. Um, and then I started playing at age 12 and, and didn't, didn't stop. And what about practicing? Because doing that in the home, how does that work? Yeah, so I practice uh, my drum kit is I've changed all the skins of my drum kit and they are a very fine mesh. Um, so it doesn't really sound, but you still get the same feeling of playing like a normal drum skin. Um, it's just not very satisfying because <laughs> you, you don't get the sound from it. But you get the rehearsal in. So yeah, it's really, do you feel um, powerful and independent and in the moment when you're playing i think when i'm on stage i feel i feel comfortable and i feel at home yeah i definitely feel at home when i'm playing on the stage um and i never really look out either i enjoy the fact that people are listening to what you know we've created and what we're playing um so yeah you're very much in the song yeah definitely in the zone what about you now Jen tell us about your skills my skills um I started playing guitar when I was about 15 uh my dad's a musician so he was thrilled when I told him I wanted to play guitar um and uh Fanny the other Sweden in the Franklis she and I were, were uh, childhood friends so I told her that I bought a guitar and she was like oh can I try it and she was <laughs> having a go at the chords that I taught that I, I'd learned and uh and then she went home and picked up her her brother's guitar and we started playing together and that's how we formed our first band and um tell us the name of your first band Nouveau oh excellent so French for new and um so yeah that's how we, we so we started playing and we had an we had an all-female band then as well so we played with a, a girl called Vicky and a girl called Marlin, who are still uh, our best friends as well. And we see them regularly. So, so yeah, we were playing for a while. And then all of us moved to England to pursue music. So we thought if we moved to England, you know, something would happen. But um, <laughs> it all failed. <laughs> and then we met, uh, we met Lexi and, and Zoe. And the rest is, is, is history. Basically. What was the very first song that you made together? Sounds like I'm saying, how did you make your first baby or something? <laughs> it, is, it is the your first baby. band or, or the Frankly? The first song that you made all together. I think it was called Another Alex. And we had a Brazilian drummer then called Renata Croshaw, um, who we are also still friends with. This was before Lexi's time. And uh, yeah. I think there's a video of it somewhere on the internet. Oh, at least I'm going to look for yeah. it. <laughs> dig it out. Have any of your family out. come over to see the Franklys gigs at all? And um, is your dad embarrassingly jumping up and down and cheering and pointing at you? You know, my dad's my worst critic. <laughs> so uh, he's very proud. He's very proud. And they, they have been to a few gigs. It was a while ago now. I think last time we played in Norway or something like that. And they came over, so it's been a while. But he's a he's a huge fan of the new record, so he still supports. <laughs> so, um, Lexi, does your mum now believe you that you're serious about the drums? She does. Um, however, <laughs> she's not really very 
she's not into gigs or live music so I she recently came and saw us we played the South Bank Centre and I said to her I was like mum this is a special gig it's like it was a Sex Pistols event and um yeah I invited her down and I could not believe it and she turned up (laughs) so um yeah it was really good to play to her um she finally sort of got to see what the Franklies was about well, it's she the name, it. the South Bank Centre, isn't it? Apparently yeah, yeah. you'll feel safe there. Yeah. And obviously the Sex Pistols are pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> what was that yeah. experience like, by the way? Was it good? Everything you hoped it would be? Yeah, it was good. It was a, it wasn't um it was a screening for the new Sex Pistols um TV show uh called Pistol. Um and they sort of put on a screening all day of the series, and then they had us play uh, when when they kicked everyone out of the cinema, pretty much. Um, so it was really good. It was, it was great, great crowd. Yeah, lots of energy, and uh, yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it, Jen? It was really fun. I mean, we were playing the foyer, and uh, we weren't really sure what to expect at all, and it was actually really, really good, and the sound was really good, and... Yeah, we had a good time. So at these events, how do you get across where and how people can buy your music? Do you have uh, merch stores or do you tell them where they can find it when you're on the stage? Or how do you how do you bring your music to market? We usually have a very fancy merch store. <laughs> That we're very proud to put up with we, every time. It, it, it takes the longest time to set up. We could set up our gear three times over before the merch stand is set up. Um, yeah, it's job. What's yeah. so special about it then? It just it's has all, to look right. Yeah, it has to look right. We've, we've got a lovely vintage suitcase which comes on tour with us and uh, some fairy lights and we just like to make it look pretty. <laughs> we and take, we don't take have good it, care. We just, we just give them our socials and yeah and you have loyal friends and fans running it for you presumably not the dogs or pets <laughs> not the dogs yeah sometimes we do we're gonna have the berries girls at our album launch oh, are you yeah they're yeah. gonna run the merch for us so oh, i'm so um, excited about that gig yeah it'd be good fun so i'm just going to read you something that uh you said back in 2018 you oh told God. us in an lw <laughs> interview i think that our group dynamic has only become stronger and we are now having more fun than ever together which can oh. only be a good thing so do you still agree with that statement absolutely we're all such good friends um it's not always about the band with us we have good times doing the band and and then just just being friends so definitely after the loud women show on the 16th of march at the lexington uh you're going to have a hiatus so we approve of that because it breaks the myth of the band typology of you know, a permanent family, uh, reaching a top and staying there. It's much more real, is what, which is one of the reasons, one of the things, beg your pardon, that I rely on 
uh, with women musicians, you know, that there's no myth that they're trying. There's no sort of typology or come and join our circus and we'll be here forever. Uh, so tell us what other projects or ambitions that you've got planned personally, the two of you. Well, Jen and I have actually started a new venture um, whilst the Frankies take a break. Uh, we have just been in the studio recording, actually, with a few singles that we've got lined up. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in following Safari in, we're on Instagram and, you know, all of all of that. Um, I think that will be taking up most of our time. What about you, Jen? Yeah. I'll be I'll be in Safari as well. Um, the same project. <laughs> the same um, project, but anything else on the cards? Going back to Sweden um, or working with any of your old compadres? No, I'll 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 stay here for a bit longer. Fanny has come back now. She now lives in Sweden, so that's kind of why it's come to where it's come to. Um, we wish we could continue forever, but unfortunately and you have a dog obviously you have to stay here exactly so <laughs> so yeah i'm just looking forward to you know the next chapter of what lex and i will get up to and we'll go from there everybody i really do recommend the album and going back to dogma i think probably it's time to hear the actual song called dogma <laughs> Really? 
listening to the Loud Women Show on Louder Than War Radio. Lexi and Jen, thank you so much for joining us this week and we shall look forward to seeing your amazing album launch show this week, 16th of March, at the Lexington. Tickets are on Eventbrite and you've just been listening to Mess by the Franklies, Dogma, by the Franklies, and then we've had Arcs, God knows. So thank you again, the Franklies. Thank you. Look thank you guys so much. You, uh, and the merch store. <laughs> Looking forward to you seeing it. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait. All the we'll best. See you guys real soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. See you later. Love women! You're listening to the Loud Women Radio Show on Louder Than War Radio. And that's all from us for today. Thank you so much, Kirsten and Madeline. And let's play out with two more songs. Cold by Ellis and I Blew My Friends Off by Lily Venn. I love that title. Show one.
This wonderful International Women's Day episode by giving you guys some American indie rock imports. So, the first song there was Lo Melda's very own Scaredy's World, and she actually just recently launched her own record label called Double Yolk Records. So, keep a lookout for that. The next song was by Pax Brown Eyes. So, she's going to be releasing the 31st of March a new record called Crispy Crunchy Nothings. And finally, we have Lena Maxine's Let Me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this very, very special episode, and we will see you guys next week. Love, Love women! women!